This is Optimal Relationships Daily, episode 1058, 10 Pieces of Unconventional Marriage Advice, part 2, by Charlene McGarry of EnduringAllThings.com. Hello, everybody. I am your host, Greg Audino, welcoming you back for part 2 of this post we began yesterday, covering 10 Pieces of Unconventional Marriage Advice. If you know me, you know this is right up my alley, as I think it is so important to constantly question even the most sage wisdom. This post got off to a great start in yesterday's episode, so be sure to pause here and listen to that if you haven't done so already. But if you are ready to hear the rest, then let's get to it and continue optimizing your life. 10 Pieces of Unconventional Marriage Advice, Part 2, by Charlene McGarry of EnduringAllThings.com. Number 6. It's okay to need your spouse. Our society tells us that we have to be strong and independent women. Now, don't get me wrong. I completely agree with that. In fact, I don't need a man. I don't. And neither do you. But once you're in a committed relationship with someone, it's okay to need your partner. Once upon a time, I would hold my emotions back from Pearson because I didn't want to seem clingy. I wouldn't tell him that I missed him when we were apart, especially for the four to five months we were long distance during our engagement. I would strategically time my text messages so he didn't get overwhelmed. I'd even challenge myself to see how long I could go without contacting him and see if he'd contact me first. Crazy, right? It's okay to need your spouse. You love each other, and you are in a committed relationship. You can want and need them to comfort you. You can miss them when you're not apart. And guess what? At the same time, you can be independent and not need just any man in your life. They aren't mutually exclusive. Number seven, speak your own love language. Every marriage expert out there preaches about speaking your spouse's love language, right? Yes, learning, understanding, and speaking the language that your spouse speaks naturally is so important, but so is speaking your own love language. Think about it. If English is your native language, but your spouse grew up speaking Spanish, you're not going to only speak each other's language to each other, right? You'll hopefully both speak a little English and a little Spanish. You'll respect your differences, learn each other's languages, and come up with some kind of combination that you both are comfortable with. Otherwise, one spouse could feel excluded and start to resent the other. So, speak your own love language sometimes, and do so intentionally. Yes, it will probably come naturally, but take the time to plan it out sometimes too. Number 8. Marriage should be 60%-40%. I know we've all heard the old adage that marriage isn't 50-50, but rather 100-100. Again, I understand and even sort of agree with the sentiment. But when my friend Britta posted about the 60-40 rule several years ago, I thought it was genius. Basically, when it comes to any aspect of your marriage, household chores, romance, speaking each other's love languages, compromising on smaller things, you pull 60% of the weight and expect 40% from your spouse. And then your spouse does the same thing from their end. The overlap in the middle allows for our own biases. If you truly keep this mindset throughout your relationship, it allows you to speak up when your spouse truly isn't pulling their weight, but not when it just appears like that to you. Does that make sense? Of course this looks totally different in every relationship, but I think a simple shift of the numbers in your mind helps a lot. Number nine. Don't put on a show. 
There have been many times in my life where I catch myself putting on a show. I act like nothing is wrong and I'm fine when I'm really not. I grin and bear it. I fake it till I make it. I basically slap a smile on my face and put my acting skills to the test. The problem is, when you do this in front of your spouse, you're blocking opportunities for true intimacy. When you can't be open and honest and vulnerable with your spouse, who can you do that with? I always thought I would be a nuisance to my husband if I burdened him with all my issues. But it turns out when I do open up to him, it always brings us closer and strengthens our relationship. Number 10. Don't treat your spouse how you want to be treated. You know the golden rule, right? Treat others the way you would like to be treated. But I want to challenge you to use the platinum rule. Treat others the way they would want to be treated. I can't take credit for coming up with this on my own. I first heard it from Bubba Page, husband of Jordan Page, on Fun, Cheap, or Free. But isn't it brilliant? So simple, but so profound. People have different personalities, needs, wants, and love languages. So sometimes, if you treat someone the way you want to be treated, it's still not the best way to treat them. Does that make sense? Speaking your spouse's primary love language falls under this rule. You could also compromise on something you want to do in favor of something your partner wants instead. There are lots of ways you could practice the platinum rule in your marriage. Get creative, and I know your spouse will appreciate it. You just listened to part two of the post titled 10 Pieces of Unconventional Marriage Advice by Charlene McGarry of EnduringAllThings.com. Excellent work from Charlene across these last two episodes. You know, it's so easy for bloggers to rely on just flipping common pieces of advice to stand out and break through. But Charlene has really done such a wonderful job of offering examples and reasoning to back up her points. And like I said yesterday, she's really put together a piece that honestly highlights the very real gray areas of marriage and how we go about improving our own. But beyond that, What this post really teaches us, or at least what I take away from it, is the fact that every marriage is different, as well as every challenge any married couple might face is different. There is so much intricacy, and when we find ourselves tangled and unable to find quick solutions, it's easy to look for, you know, recurring pieces of advice to lean on. And while some popular strategies have a good reputation for a reason, We mustn't ever overlook how unique our experiences are as married couples. Each couple is allowed to go against the grain if it works for them. And while some of what Charlene has discussed in this article could work for couples, even if it doesn't feel right, it's still a read that promotes the idea of couples finding their own way and working to see how marriage works for them specifically, even if it takes a while or feels uncommon or uncomfortable. It's crucial work to do and Charlene has really offered a great springboard for couples to take on that work. So, kudos to her and kudos to you for sticking with me and listening throughout these last two episodes. We are done now, but you know we'll be back tomorrow for more. We'll be checking out another post that really offers a new look at marriage building, this time coming from James Altucher. So, be sure to tune in then, where your optimal life awaits.